Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of my podcast, Where Work Meets Life, on innovating from a distance. Do we need to be together to create? And when we talk about creativity, it's creating at work, uh, as well as in our lives, whatever creative endeavors we have. And I'm delighted to bring a special guest to me, someone that I've had the opportunity to work with um, for most of the last year. Her name is Marie-José Leroux, um, otherwise known as MJ. She's based in Montreal, Quebec. Uh, she is working with Umas, the company that I'm working with. And she's also the leader of Innove Lab. So she specializes for the last 20 years in the field of creativity and innovation and applying creativity to make organizations more strategic, more collaborative, to stimulate ideation. She runs corporate events and many, many types of training sessions. She comes from a background where she used to work with Cirque du Soleil, and I'll let her tell you a little bit more about that. She holds an executive MBA, so she brings the business side um, uh, to her experience and working with organizations. Um, she focuses a lot on mindfulness. I really appreciate MJ being very holistic in her thinking and being a specialist in hybrid work, distributed work. It's come to my attention by a lot of clients that they worry that people are not going to be as innovative if we keep them working apart or from a distance. So we're going to be covering that today as well as many other areas of innovating when we're apart from one another and how we can uh, be our best in creating uh, innovative work. So without further ado, welcome to Where Work Meets Life, MJ. Oh, thank you so much, Laura. It's such an honor to be here with you today and with uh, everyone that will be listening to us. So thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, it is my pleasure. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and what led you to apply innovation to help people and organizations. Thank you for the question. Like you've mentioned, I worked for Cirque du Soleil for 10 years. It was a very exciting moment in my life. I was coaching the acrobats into improving their artistic uh, expression on stage. So it was all about making their movement more fluid, their presence more um, poetic. It was a lot of fun. Um, and as I was doing that, I also went to study at uh, McGill and HSA. They, pro they do a program together, an executive MBA that is in English and in French. Um, and during that program, I realized that business people They need a lot of creativity. They need to think more creatively. And that really like shocked me as I was in this program. So I decided to start to do workshop as I was still at Cirque du Soleil. Um, and we were receiving all the time like guests that were coming to visit Cirque and they were like, oh my God, how do you do that to um, inspire the artist to be that creative? So we started to do workshop as we were there for them to understand what it means to be an artist on a Cirque du Soleil stage. And as I was doing that over the years, uh, it's like if I was without knowing starting my business in a way, because uh, when I stopped working for Cirque, that's what I started to do. And the demand kept on growing into, it was a lot of creativity at first. It was how to be on a stage, um, on the stage of your life, if you want. Um, and then it became more towards innovation through the time, because that's uh, where the demand was. So that's what I would say. 
Fantastic. And I think everybody knows Cirque and has hopefully everyone's experienced it because it is truly magical. And I got to uh, present on the stage of Cirque in Montreal in the fall for the C2 conference. And I just loved uh, being there. I just admire that. And I admire you so much for the work that you've done around creativity and with Cirque, MJ. Oh, my God. Thank you. It's such a a beautiful place. I think you were at La Toyu, that round stage. Uh, it's right beside Cirque du Soleil. It's an awesome place. And yeah, it's it's very interesting to, to be just to be there on stage. You felt it probably, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I noticed how you use two words, creativity and innovation. And to most people, I wonder if they know the difference. So can you explain that to us? Yeah. It's true. We need to make the difference because, well, I'll express how I see it. For me, creativity is all those moments where you have ideas, like spark of ideas. Um, and innovation, I would say, is when you take those ideas and then they become reality. They become something real in your organization, in your life. Um, and innovation, it's a lot about um, transforming. It could be an incremental innovation, taking something small that exists already, but you do a small improvement on it. Or it could also be a total like breakthrough innovation where you, you do something disruptive that will totally change your market, the way you interact with your clients, but you're really starting something totally new. So there's different level, I would say to it. Beautiful. And I think, uh, Creativity is so important in, in our lives, in our work. We're going to talk about that more. But creating innovations to make life better, organizations better, etc. Um, is is what, what I'm hearing. It's the execution of the creativity or the implementation. Is that right? Exactly. And I mean, just with the two years we just lived, we saw how much we needed, right? It was everywhere. We needed to rethink our working. And it's a good thing that you were there to help us doing that because learning to work from a distance, all those new things we needed to do, we needed to be creative and sometimes to innovate in our way of working. And those that were quick at doing it really had an advantage over the last two years, right? Yeah, absolutely. And those who did not create and innovate were left behind, right? Um, and maybe didn't the businesses didn't survive as well through this tumultuous time. Absolutely. Um, so, do you think people are born with creativity and some of us have have creativity and others have less of it? Um, or is it something we can all be good at? I think it's something we're born with. I think it's something that it's in us. Of course, some people are more creative than others. Like we could, you know, have different skills or, or different strength. Um, but I think what happened is through school and through like, what kills creativity is when we try to do the right thing, when we try to be perfect, when we like put the, the bar, set the bar too high, it really kills creativity, right? And when we are kids, we just draw, we, we experiment, we have fun, and that is really good for creativity. But it's a real obstacle when we want to create, but we only want to create or if we're really good at it. But that's not creation, right? Creation is about experimenting and having fun. And, and it's extremely important that we allow ourselves a little bit of space for mistake even. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what iterating is all about, right? Mistake, learn from the mistake, pivot, grow. Yeah. And can I give an example there on one company I worked with and where we celebrate like um, the mistakes? <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure, that'd be great. It was really fun. Uh, it was in 2016. I was working for AbbVie, a pharmaceutical company. Um, and I was very impressed because they had like an innovation process already in place, but they were so good at it. They, they were not being innovative with how they were using their their process, I should say. So, and they invited me to replace a person that was going on a mat leave for a year. It ended up being two years because I started too many ideas when I was working for them. But at some point, um, as an innovation manager, I realized that they were embracing like change and new ideas and innovation was really dear to them, but mistakes were still a bit like, uh, you know, not so welcome, obviously. So what we started to do on an Halloween, I was just uh, coming from circus not so long ago. So I invited a makeup artist from Cirque du Soleil. We draw everyone's face like, uh, you know, Fiesta de la Muerte in Mexico when they paint everyone like if they are skeleton. Oh, yeah, the Day of the Dead sort of yeah. um, imagery. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. So we used that team. Everyone got dressed, including the president, the vice president, all the people that were involved in innovation. We invited all the employees. And in the cafeteria, we did a ceremony where everyone, including the president, came, came up front and we had like a mise en scène. So they were coming up front and saying, I felt when I did blah, blah, blah. And they were, they were explaining something that didn't went like was, it was planned or it didn't go as well as they were thinking. And then they were saying, but I've learned. <laughs> and then they were sharing what they learned in the process. And it became an event and it was really fun, but everyone really learned from it. And then we pushed it where we went outside and we burn all the papers and we created really a ritual around it. But it really made a change and a great impact on people that witnessed this event. So, yeah, sometimes it's fun to use those things, but to push them, right? And and make like an event out of something that could be perceived as a bad thing, but could become good if you learn from it and you just do those mistakes once, right? Because everyone knows now that you shouldn't do this. <laughs> Exactly. So like, how were the um, faces painted? Uh, just help fill me in on how that looked, because I'm imagining myself at this event. Uh-huh. Well, they were they had all white faces with like a, a skeleton, like a bones on their face. And, you know, they have yeah. lots of flowers when the uh, lots of flowers and things in the hair and the and lots of colorful dresses and costumes. So everyone like played the game and arrived at the Halloween day with their full costume. And we were there to help them with the makeup. Oh, that is so interesting. So thank you for sharing that example. What I wanna talk about next is this whole idea that we need to bring people back to the offices, like no more remote work because people don't innovate um, as well when they're not together. So it's the notion that people innovate better um, and problem solve better when they're together. What do you think? (laughs) That's a very good one. Well, what we observe with the client that we work with is that 
a lot of our clients are inter international, so they have people in every country, even on different time zones sometimes. So for them, if it's true that we only innovate when we're all in the same room, well, they won't be very happy to hear that, right? Of course, like if you ask me, could we build a Cirque du Soleil show like over Zoom or any other like web platform? I doubt we could, right? Because there's certain things or certain element that needs to be hands-on, like you need to touch, see, you need to be there. So of course, when we can, there is a chemistry that happens when we're all in the same room. Um, there's something magical and we get really the 3D of everything. So when we choreograph, when we have people evolving on stage, there's this, there's a certain part we could do. Like I could be a stage director and asking you to do a movement and I could do a lot of work with you, but there's a limitation to it. When we are on stage and you want to see the full picture and feel it and sense it, at some point you need to be together. But when we are online, if we apply the good conditions and if we set up everything, um, we can do a lot. And I would say the key ingredient to success is really the presence, like your full presence. Because online is too easy to be distracted. We all lived it, right? Where we were doing this at the same time, we're trying to type something else and we're all over the place. And that is not a condition for creativity. It's not a condition for innovation. It's not a great condition of success. And this is what we confuse sometimes because I've lived and run session where we were all focused, all together, extremely present and willing like for this to happen. And it was just awesome. And one thing I even prefer online because I, I use a lot the application Miro. And one thing I even prefer is that you are able, like let's say you send people to different rooms, you are able to see what they're doing and what they're brainstorming, what they're talking about in each of the room. And then when you come back together, you have that space where you can always go back. Where if we do those types of brainstorm in a room, okay, that day there's a momentum, it's fun, there's posted everywhere on the walls, but just have this image, Laura, you remember, you walk out the room with this big flip chart, all the post-it stick on it, and it's windy, and maybe it's a snowstorm like today in Montreal, and you're like, oh my God, you're trying to keep your post-it like from flying away. I mean, just this for me, it's a gift, right? <laughs> I love that reframe. And I love the fact with Miro, you can, you, you're dealing with different colors and post-its and, and you're also dealing with the fact that you're somewhat anonymous in some ways. So like you can paste your ideas up there and you don't necessarily have to know who said what, yeah. right? Uh, am I right? I haven't used it in a while, but that's that notion of everyone's in it together and it's true brainstorming. Yeah, you're right. And especially one class we give is on stress management and we give it on Miro. And exactly what he said, people can really open their heart because they can say how they were feeling, how that pandemic was hard on them emotionally, but it's not really with their name and they don't, you know, we're just talking about globally. If we look at what happened in the team, oh, we can observe that for a lot of people, it was really hard. So people are more inclined to open their heart and to really express themselves um, naturally because of the platform and this uh, anonymous aspect. 
Wonderful. So it, it just seems to, too that people who are are more um, shy or introverted, um, when they get to collaborate on platforms like this, whether it's Teams or Miro or Google Hangouts, a Jamboard, um, they're able to say things and step in without interrupting. Right. Whereas around a boardroom table, the louder voices, the extroverts tend to get a lot of the airtime. Would you agree? I so agree. And maybe two trick for that. If that happened in some of your meeting, you're running. One trick would be I like to ask people in advance the question. A bit like you did with me, you send a question like a week in advance. So the people that are shy, they, they can prepare themselves, right? And you can even on Miro first, ask them to write down their answer. If you don't have Miro, you can just ask them to write down their answer on a piece of paper or on post-it in their house. And then whenever they have three post-it, they, they do a sign like on the Zoom and then you let them talk. So it give, it give, gives them t- time to like um, shape their, their ideas, right? So that that is really something I like doing. Um, And another trick could also be to send them in in small rooms. I like to send them in small rooms for them to reflect together and then they come back with ideas. So that's another trick for them, for the people that are a bit more shy. Uh, It gives them the time again to express themselves in small group and then to come back in bigger groups. Right. I, I love that that idea. And we definitely have been using that a lot. Now, tell me, an, is there an example that comes to mind of a really innovative project that happened in an organization you were working with where it happened from a distance? So during the pandemic and what they achieved uh, was amazing, um, considering they weren't together. So one example that comes to mind um well, it's a group of people that they invited us first to give a conference. So we gave a conference to all the employees uh, on the importance of innovation. And then after that, they had all of that in mind. Then we took some like challenge that the organization is facing and we had a group of selected with people with high potential, very motivated that came and worked on those challenges to start some brainstorm. Um, And then we had a third uh, layer where all the managers were trained to really learn how to facilitate and how to create that safe space where people feel comfortable to share ideas, right? Um, And that is so important. It's it's interesting because I just received, um, it's my birthday the next coming days, and I just received this book. It's in French. I don't know if it's been translated. It's called Le Reflexe du Castor. But basically, this small book um, from Rémi Tremblay and Diane Bérard is giving all the objection that people give when they're asked to innovate. And it's so funny because there's a lot that we've heard before, right? Oh, yeah, I would like to change, but I'll do it later. Or, oh, no, it's too much time. Like, we're too busy right now. Like, we don't have the time. I mean, there's always a good excuse, right? Um, not to innovate. So... So yeah, in this case, they put all their strength together and they decided to train everyone, but at different level, right? Um, And then it was good because right after we were done with the session, 
And the person that was working at the HR, she was like, we are already starting to receive so many ideas um, that they decided to use a platform to start collecting those ideas and really to listen more to their employee and to what they have to say and all those great, the great ideas that they can, they can come up with. Because often our employees are closer to the challenge, right? It's so important that we listen to them. Exactly. And I think so many of us have preconceived notions or leaders uh, have their way of doing things or their assumptions. And I think it's just amazing what people can come up with. Um, isn't it like what resides in inside of people um, that can make things better at work and better in our lives? Absolutely. This is so true. And again, maybe one trick for all the leaders that will listen to this podcast is it's important to give them a space to give them the precious gift of our real attention to really listen to them for real especially if we take the time to bring them together and to run a brainstorm or do something special and that would be a great occasion right if we want to motivate people to go back to the office let's let's invite them because we want to hear them we want to be together we want to brainstorm on something right but then it's so important after that brainstorm to really do something with a couple of those ideas. I like to call them the just do it, right? So you have all those ideas. Some of them, oh, when I was working with Disney, we had like, uh, I had the opportunity was when I was at Cirque du Soleil, we were preparing like an amazing show um, in collaboration with Disney. And it was so awesome to brainstorm with them that we created that when people had ideas that but they were not exactly ready they needed to marinate so we had all those vocabulary okay let's leave it on the counter this idea needs to marinate a bit this one in the freezer it's not ready the market is not ready for this yet let's put it in the freezer we'll you know take care of it later <laughs> um or this one let, let's cook it a bit more like it needs you know a bit more work it's not exactly like ready to eat or ready to to be built um, so it's important to have ideas that are the type just do it that we will right away put into place um, and some that we can tell our people our group our employee colleagues these ones they need to cook they need to marinate they need to be frozen we're not ready for this yet we have it in mind we'll remember it's from you your brilliant idea but we need a bit more time, but they need to see that you listened and that you are about or you are doing something with those ideas. The worst thing is not to do anything. Exactly. And I think leaders get so busy, right? They hear the ideas and then all the ideas go in a freezer, a deep <laughs> oh, <no>. freeze, <laughs> right? Until the next year <laughs> when you realize a lot of it has expired. <laughs> um, if you look at our deep freeze, you'd find that. <laughs> um, so, no, that's that's really, really true. I think that I love analogies. I think an analogies actually show creative thought. And I love your analogies of freezer, simmering, you know, marinating those analogies that people can really relate to uh mj and maybe um can i share another book here this one from elizabeth gilbert uh, big magic it's interesting have you read this one Laura? uh no not yet <laughs> maybe you will 
Um, so creative living behind, um, beyond fear. At some point, she says that ideas, she pictured them as balloon, that they arrive in people's lives in different places in the world at the same time. So if you don't do anything with those ideas, someone else will do it, right? So either you take it, you receive it, and you do something with it, or then you'll be like, oh, shoot, I had this idea. I didn't do anything about it. Well, someone else did. <laughs> that is very, very true. And your earlier point really resonates as well. It's about presence. And I think we've, we all have Zoom fatigue. We've been on way too many meetings with multiple players, all from a distance. And we've gotten pretty good at it. But I think what we're not so good at is being present in the moment. Be here now, I like to say to leaders, and not multitask. It's so easy to multitask as soon as something gets dry or, you know, something is not as stimulating. Oh, I'll just send off an email or two. All of a sudden, you've missed the ability to be present. And what do you think the impacts of all that multitasking are, MJ? Well, like you said, it creates a lot of fatigue. And you know it, I know it, and we still do it sometimes, right? I'm sure you also catch yourself doing it and you're like, oh, I'm doing it again, right? So it's important to take some time. Um, and creativity, if there's one thing creativity really needs, it's time. And um, I don't know if you feel that also, Laura, but I feel that since two years, things are going so fast that sometimes we don't, have any time for our biologic needs right so it's important that if we want to be creative that we take the time to slow down and we give ourselves the condition to be creative but also our team members right um it's extremely important this morning we had like a walk outside we had a business walk meeting and it, it's a total snowstorm but we still went uh, outside and I actually asked my colleague some of the questions that you were going to ask me just so we could you know brainstorm together resonate and that kind of downtime or that time where we are together outside walking really refreshed our way of thinking right it really gives us a spark Nice. That is a great example. Outdoors stimulates creativity and well-being on top of it, which brings me to the conclusion of part one of this episode. In part two of Innovating from a Distance, Do We Need to Be Together to Create? We are going to talk more about creativity, its impact on wellness, um, how to improve our wellness through different creative uh, media and ways. And I look really forward to that conversation uh, with you, MJ, which will uh, launch in two weeks from now. Thank you, Laura. Thank you so much for joining us today on Where Work Meets Life. I'm passionate about sharing insights from experts around the world on topics at the intersection of where work meets life. If you found this podcast useful, please share with others who may benefit and engage with us on social media. For more articles, information, and tips, sign up for my monthly newsletter at my website, drlaura.live. This podcast summary contains links to the psychology practice I founded. Work Evolution, Canada Career Counseling, and Synthesis Psychology, as well as my current employer, Humans, a nationwide organizational psychology firm focusing on culture and performance. Stay well.